This episode of Channel KRT is sponsored by Red Ribbon Reviewers. Red Ribbon Reviewers is a movement for internet-based reviewers and podcasters to spread awareness and discussion on HIV and AIDS during the holiday season. To show solidarity with Red Ribbon Reviewers, we'll be including a donation link to the Black AIDS Institute in the descriptions for our Christmas episodes, as well as our Twitter feed. Thank you, and happy holidays. I want to say thank you. Muchas gracias. Thank you just for coming. En haber venido. Thanks for all the good things. We'll share and come what may. Pase lo que pase. I want to say welcome. Bienvenidos. Welcome to the party. A la fiesta. I want to say welcome, my friend. Kids, it's Harvey Firestein. I'm filling in for Kit Quinn today because she got her dumbass self sick. So I'm going to be taking over for her today. And I'm going to be singing about Christmas eggs. Ready, kids? <laughs> I'm kidding. This is Kit Quinn. I'm just very under the weather. <laughs> We're not singing a girl worth fighting for. I quit. Of course not, Randy. We're going to sing Make a Man Out of You, the actual best <laughs> song. Move on. <laughs> I'm Tyler, running out of Christmas puns green. (laughs) I'm Randy Martin, and if I had a nickel for every Christmas where I've had to do a podcast talking about a movie where someone makes a Christmas wish that goes horribly wrong, I'd have two nickels. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I'm so sorry. At least this is the lesser of two evils, though. I'm not gonna lie, I kind of fucking loved how batshit uh, Christmas wish was. And yes, I have maximized security. As far as I know, Carl Featherbottom will not be infiltrating this podcast today. Hooray, and also, when we talk about Elmo, we're not talking about the certain owner of Twitter who will ban us if we mention his name in any way that isn't positive. Yeah, why are people using Elmo to describe him when they could just use his name backwards? Yeah, Musk. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Don't don't throw Elmo's name under the mud. Yeah, Elmo doesn't deserve that. He would he views Elon the same way he views Rocco. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um unfortunately, the uh gun kid from Seventh Heaven is not in this. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're talking about the runner-up that was in our last year's poll. Elmo saves Christmas. A.K.A. the true winner of that poll. Huzzah. Yeah, it's still 2021. We just went back in time to ensure that the polls were gerrymandered, and Elmo Saves Christmas won, so... Tyler, are you telling me that we have to live through 2022 all over again? Yes, yes Uh, we do. I can explain... We have to keep going back in time and back in time until we get it right, and then we make this world less of a hellhole. How about this? We'll go to Florida and we'll safety-proof Bob Saget's uh, hotel room. Yay! <laughs> um, can we put a big fence around Ukraine, too? Yeah, sure, why not? Obviously, bless Betty White. She was amazing. I thought that when she went, she was going to make it so that 2022 was good. No, I think what happened was she saw what was coming and was like, all right, I'm going to head out. She and Bob Saget were like, so what do you want for dinner? Meatloaf. (laughs) We lost two Sesame Street guys this year. Yeah, in the span of a few months. The fuck was this year? First, we had Emilio Delgado. He passed, like, right after we recorded the first Sesame Street episode. And now Bob from Sesame Street's gone, too. What the fuck? 
Y- you know, in 2022, we lost not just two Sesame Street guys, but two beloved dirty comedians. 2022 really said no fun allowed this year. So yeah, this episode is made in tribute. Well, we've been planning it for a while, but it's especially good timing that we're releasing it because it's in honor of the late, great Bob McGrath, who sadly passed away. Yeah, Bob McGrath and Emilio Delgado just... Two fucking legends. Just the street is a sadder place without them. Yeah. So as we mentioned, we're talking about uh, Almost Saves Christmas, which almost won the viewers choice poll last year. And I was actually looking at the results and it was pretty neck and neck. It, of course, was the runner up. But the other two options that we had, I don't know why we chose them because they were clearly filler. One of them was the Tin Soldier, which led to the nightmarish Toy Castle show from Canada. Oh God! <laughs> Which we do, we do have to talk about Toy Castle in some capacity someday. That show is fucking nightmarish. We we need a real good flaming heap of garbage on this podcast again. We do. Oh, we do. <laughs> We've had it too good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, no CJ sevens this time though. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, maybe no. <laughs> and the other one was the Naked Brothers Band Christmas Special. I don't know why we chose that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what attachment do any of us have to the Naked Brothers Band? I mean, besides the Wolf Brothers being in A24 movies now. <laughs> yeah. And one of them was the Boston Marathon Bomber. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, and not, God. not the actual, not the actual uh, Marathon yeah, no, Bomber. No, no. The, he was, he played the, the he played the guy. Um, <laughs> sorry to anyone I briefly terrified by making you think one of the Naked Brothers Band actually bombed the marathon. So anyway, what is everyone's relationship with Almost Saves Christmas, starting with Kit? All right, so this was actually one of the very first Sesame Street specials I ever owned. I remember that, I don't know if it was the first one I ever saw, that one might have been Elmo Says Boo. I might have checked out Elmo Saves Christmas around when I was about three or four, and I remember just really enjoying it overall, and it was a pretty fun special. It has a really a lot of really good moments. It really captures a lot of the magic that was 90s Sesame Street. And of course, it goes to show that the greatest Sesame Street special of all time is Christmas Eve on Sesame Street. But this one is still really good. Yes. <laughs> I mean, where else could you see Oscar cursing out Big Bird? Yes! <laughs> They would have never done that in this, let alone today. When else are you going to get to see Carol Spinney cursing out Carol Spinney? (laughs) And you get to see Oscar tell Santa, I'll tell him where to shove his toys. Like, holy crap. (laughs) Watching Christmas Eve on Sesame Street to own the libs. (laughs) Can we please like just let Oscar have his own adult cartoon already? (laughs) I know he's a preschool show character. I, I know, theoretically, we would have to pull so many strings to make that happen, but please let Oscar be in his own, like, Fox adult cartoon. <laughs> make that SNL skit canon, basically. Oh, yes. It's kind of funny how for a while it was kids who loved Elmo and adults who couldn't stand him, because for me, I didn't like Elmo at all when I was a kid, but I love him as an adult. Like, I don't know what I was on as a kid. It's kind of on the fence for me in that, you know, I was also one of those kids who was under Elmo fever. And then when I was older, I was like, God, Elmo's the fucking worst. And then as an adult now, I'm like, come on, Elmo's fucking great. What was I thinking back then? Right. Like, Which, by the way, I did have this special. I loved it as a kid. 
So much fun to revisit it today, so. I have a feeling that the main demographic of adults who hate Elmo would be adults who were alive in 1996 and had small children. Yes. Yeah, it's people who were traumatized by the Tickle Me Elmo hysteria, basically. Oh, jeez. By the way, if you want to if, if see a amazing documentary about the whole Tickle Me Elmo thing, there's a documentary on YouTube by The Bazaar. That whole craze is, it goes further. People have actually bought these things for millions of dollars. The mafia got in on it. <laughs> Jesus Christ, there's way better Elmo plushies than that. Like, lots of them are really cute. The Mafia got it on Elmo, and it was all Rosie O'Donnell's fault. We need to plush you that Elmo that said, kill James. Oh, God, I was just about to mention that fucking thing. That traumatized me. The the fucking potty training book that's like, "Uh uh-oh, who wants to die? (laughs) (laughs) It kind of makes you wonder... Do they know what they're saying when this shit is going to be compressed to hell and back on some dinky little sound card? No, that's how, like, a majority of these 90s toys controversies, like, started. There was a Teletubbies Poe toy that sounded like he was saying a homophobic slur. Oh, God. Uh, There was a Tinky Winky who sounded like he was saying he has a gun. (laughs) And even recently, even only a few years ago... They had to pull a Minions toy from McDonald because it was saying fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so how much do you want to bet that they're actually saying these things? But because the, the audio is so compressed, they think they can fucking get away with it. Some guy just wanders drunk into the studio and is like, okay, give me the line. <laughs> uh, fuck. Oh, well, <laughs> <go ahead. laughs> Not that we should be selling toys where Elmo says you should kill your kid, but... That that it that does cross a line, but now by the way, says, raise your hand, raise your hand if Kale James scared the hell out of you as a kid. Oh me. god, yes. <laughs> anyway, another weird fact about me: I'm actually not a big fan of Groundhog Day style stories outside of Groundhog Day, especially Christmas every day stories, and I'm not entirely sure why. It's probably because they fill me with a lot of anxiety. Well, technically, the pandemic was basically a Groundhog Day style story. (laughs) I will admit this special is kind of stressful. Okay, I think it's because all three of us have worked retail jobs that hearing the words Christmas every day just feels like a declaration of war. It's that terrifying. (laughs) That and you can cut this out if you want. If you have like a really abusive family or something, Christmas every day just sounds like the worst thing ever. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I just want to say, how fucking rich are the Sesame Street adults? Yeah, I'm like... That they aren't like all out on the streets because of this. Oh, man. I mean, I guess you gotta be to afford New York City rent. There are two exceptions, however. I really love the Fairly Odd Parents episode because I feel it does something really neat with the formula and makes it really enjoyable to watch. And of course, this. Oh, that one is excellent. I love that one. Yes, it's amazing. Especially the song. And I feel like what really makes this one work is that rather than go into a hacky, oh, Christmas isn't fun anymore message, it actually turns it into a disaster and actually adds stakes to it. And it gets dark, but not to the point where it isn't fun to watch. And I feel like this is also the special where Elmo really found his grounding as well. Like he really found his personality here. Yeah, absolutely. This is the special where he really got to shine and he did great in here. But yeah, this special is surprisingly depressing yeah (laughs) yeah 
This was like dystopian. This special should have been called Elmo destroys the fucking economy and has blood on his hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, El- I gotta wonder how bad the worldwide phenomenon got. Like Elmo turned 90s New York City into 70s New York City <laughs> within a year. Last year, I was talking about a whole big conspiracy I had regarding It's a Very Merry Muppet Christmas movie tying into this movie, and I'll definitely have to elaborate on this when we talk about it. So my history with this is really just the Fairly Odd Parents episode, and that's it. Yes. <laughs> I was half expecting Timmy's dad to start popping out sometimes, bitching about eggnog. Wouldn't it be great if we could be together like this all the time? It sure would, Timmy, but your mother and I have to work. Eggnog doesn't buy itself, you know. No, you don't. Other than the Fairly Odd Parents special, um, that's kind of it. This has been my first time seeing this, but I mean... A lot of firsts for you this year. I mean, if you know me, then you know my Sesame Street history, so... Alright, so to kick this off, this special is narrated by Maya fucking Angelou, rest in power. Yeah, that was a fascinating choice, because I was like, huh, I wonder what she... I wonder why they chose her as the narrator, but... I mean, hey, she I'm has not appeared on Sesame Street a couple times before, like... There's a there's a really cute bit with her and a uh, baby Natasha. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So the framing device of this is that Maya Angelou is reading the story to some of the Sesame Street characters. She's reading it to Telly, Baby Bear, and Zoe, and two kids, and they're basically talking about how oh we wish it was Christmas every day. I was actually half expecting Elmo to pop up and say Elmo wants to warn you why that's a bad idea. Listen. Elmo has seen some shit. You do not want to tip the gods here. Elmo's scientists were so preoccupied with whether they could that they didn't stop to think if they should. We have to go back to the future, boy. (laughs) (laughs) It's your kids, Elmo. They're assholes. I mean, Elmo going back in time explains why his parents look different in the future. Oh, God, that explains why he no longer has a sister as well. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. (laughs) (laughs) But we're getting ahead of ourselves. And so then it cuts to Sesame Street celebrating Christmas. And can I just say I love Elmo's 90s design? He's just a little guy. No wonder he literally made the entire country lose their minds and spend thousands of dollars over a plush of him. He's so cute. Also, those cookies he was holding, they they looked delicious, even though they were fake, but... They did, oh my god. They kind of looked like uh, grocery store cookies to me, and not the kind that I usually like, so I was like, oh god. So apparently Frank did all of his roles here as Grover and and such. I wonder if similar to Muppets Treasure Island, he was kind of doing this between directing another movie. The Grover and the Blue Guy bits are fucking great in this. Oh god, those were my favorite. I love those. Whenever that blue guy is just associated with Grover, it's gonna be pure suffering for the motherfucker. That blue guy is such a Karen, and so it's always kind of funny seeing Grover just fuck him over. <laughs> <laughs> I I remember as a kid, I used to laugh so fucking hard at that one where, like, he was out ordering a big hamburger and he just brings in this giant ass one. <laughs> <laughs> that would never not make me laugh. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Something, also, something Mondo Burger. Also, there's something really sweet about Bob being the one to kick off the first song. 
God, yeah, seeing him in this special again was so sweet. Oh, man, and Louise, too. The opening does such an amazing job at just making you feel the Christmas spirit. It's like, they really get the vibe. Yeah. Also, when Cookie Monster disguises himself as Santa Claus to steal the cookies from Elmo, it took everything in me to not scream at the TV. You're not Santa! I was rooting for him, not gonna lie. Who wouldn't want those Christmas cookies? Let's be real. I'm also always impressed by the outfits they can always make for Snuffy, because damn, he's huge. (laughs) Yeah, he's a- and he's got a small-ass suitcase that he's (laughs) able to fit all this stuff in, so. It's a Mary Poppins suitcase. Yeah. I I gotta wonder- how did they design the clothes for him? Who went? Do they have like a snuffy giant, like snuffy shaped mannequin or something in those in those studios? <laughs> Probably. It's like that one behind the scenes photo where they show him just hanging the snuffy puppet up. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he's hanging from the fucking ceiling. <laughs> I will say my only gripe about this special: not enough snuffy. Agreed. He's. A I mean, good I know boy. they have to do the plot point where he goes to Cincinnati and Big Bird misses him, but come on. Yeah, it's like, stop separating them! Snuffy was asking for too much money and the studio couldn't afford him. (laughs) So he was unfortunately reduced to brief cameos. Also, I was so disappointed that Elmo's apartment is not made of crayon, zero stars. Fucking false advertising. The Elmo's world lied to us. And also, where the fuck are his parents? Uh, Uh, Look, a reindeer! Yay! This tiny three-year-old is just in his apartment all by himself. Well, Elmo's parents are out getting drunk again, so I guess it's another night alone. They still feel all the guilt after my sister passed away. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Oh, I forgot to use Elmo's pronouns in that. Elmo's sister is dead! (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) We are dark. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I am very disappointed that they didn't use the SNL sketch of It's a Wonderful Life where it ends with Mr. Potter getting the shit kicked out of him. Right? That would have been amazing. So on Sesame Street, all that's playing is It's a Wonderful Life, which I would not be against, but it's just so funny to see them just constantly. Everybody's just watching it nonstop. (laughs) Out of all the infinite amounts of other movies out there it's like that one time when cartoon network wouldn't stop playing the iron giant over and over oh yeah or like april fool's day on adult swim where they just keep playing the room over and over oh god yeah yeah. (laughs) is is that another thing that they all just literally stay up to watch on sesame street since i guess these people are really into marathons Do, do, do you just like hear like oh hi mark coming out of every tv in sesame street oh god And I know we're jumping ahead, but the Bert and Ernie joke is fucking perfection. God, yes, that was amazing. I would not change a single thing about that. Fun fact, by the way, apparently that was always just a coincidence. They never named them after those characters, but they added in that joke just because it was too perfect. I'm like, thank God they did. I I guess just putting the names Bert and Ernie together just roll off the tongue so naturally. (laughs) That we do it subconsciously. So, if Elmo didn't intervene, it's likely that Santa more than likely would have suffocated in the chimney. Oh god, he would have. Like, that would have been dark. Well, I mean, then we'd have to have, you know, Elmo and the Santa Claus, which, you know, better than Tim Allen, I guess. But then when he gets yanked out of the chimney and it's revealed he's Doc Hopper, I was just like, no, put him back, put him back. (laughs) Keep that man away from Kermit. (laughs) 
So going back to the conspiracy. So last year I came up with a conspiracy that Santa in this universe is secretly Doc Hopper. And in the bad alternate timeline, he was retiring to Florida to start a frog legs business, which he successfully had now that Kermit had never been born. But we're in the good timeline here. So I headcan on that Doc Hopper went to prison and then he ended up accidentally killing Santa and he became Santa. So that's why. (laughs) (laughs) That's why is there that would have been perfect i'd take more charles during than i would tim allen let's be real he's a really great santa in this he's just got this beautifully dry delivery that just fits every scene it's really interesting because in this santa hopper is kind of portrayed as being both loving and stern which i think is a very interesting direction to take the character he's kind of an asshole i kind of like that though that's what i was gonna say though but when lightning the reindeer shows up he kind of treats him like shit what's the story lightning Gee whiz, sir. I just wanted to ride in your sleigh to see how it feels. I know I'm going to pull it someday, and if a reindeer gets hurt tonight, I could fill in. I'm fast. I'm strong. You're young, and you're grounded. Aw, gee. Sonny boy, I could have been stuck in this chimney all night. Then what would have happened? There would have been no Christmas because of you. Yeah, it's like, he was just curious. You don't gotta ground him. But then, out of nowhere, he starts being nice to him. Like, out of fucking nowhere. Also, Santa, are you not gonna possibly consider giving the power of reality to a literal three-year-old? So the impetus of what starts the plot is that because Elmo saved Santa, Santa gives him two choices. He gives him either a pink bear or a magical snow globe. And as ABC Family has taught us, never take the magical snow globe. That always ends in disaster. And if there's anything else ABC taught us, stop giving three wishes to small children. They use it to be tyrannical assholes. I am proud to say this movie is infinitely miles better than Snow Globe 2007. Anyone who can Photoshop Elmo into the Princess of the Day pictures from Full House, I love you. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yes. The only moment I did kind of cringe at was when Elmo was like, Elmo's mommy says that if you eat too many cookies, you'll get fat. I'm just like, Elmo's mommy should mind her own fucking business. I really wanted Santa to say, well, tell Elmo's mommy that Santa knows what she's been doing with the monster down the hall. (laughs) (laughs) Elmo's mommy needs to work on her own issues before commenting on other people's bodies. Side note, it just hit me that Jimmy Stewart was still alive when this special came out. That feels weird to me, and I don't know why, but he died in 1997, so he barely missed out on the remake of his own classic, Richie Rich's Christmas Wish. Oh god, imagine if he imagine if he was alive long enough for that. He would have oh. been like, kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, hang out with Richie long enough and he will. What did he do to that poor dog? He left his butler to die. So when Telly and the gang are talking with Maya Angelou about what they would wish for, like Zoe was talking about what she would wish for. And I'm like, hey, how about you wish for a better personality and a less abrasive voice? Heyo! So, it was bizarre learning that Disney World exists in Sesame Street. Yeah, because you see the elf wearing mouse ears, and Kermit shows up in this. So, this is as close as they're ever gonna get as to acknowledging Disney. Hi-ho, Kermit the Frog here, and I am currently on the run from the Disney lawyers. My (laughs) star is currently chasing me on foot. Uh, hi, Sesame Street, how are you doing? 
I love that gag, by the way, with Kermit and the guy who was trying to steal his microphone for a present. That was hilarious. But at the same time, who sells a microphone for 50 bucks? Yeah. Oh, that wasn't a tourist. That was plainclothes Disney security forcing him back into the vault. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, get back in here. We need you for marketing. No, you're barely going to use me. And the scene where Gordon and Rosita give Elmo their presents is just so cute. It was. Especially since Rosita just gives him a kiss, which, by the way, I just want to say that after the whole Sesame Place debacle earlier this year, which, yeah, that was this year, if you can believe it. Oh, God. I just want to say, Rosita is good. We do not associate her with that bullshit. That was not Rosita. Absolutely. Rosita and Cannon is amazing and loves everyone. She would not stand for that bullshit. What really pissed me off about that is that Carmen Oshbar is Mexican-born, and that shows in Rosita's heritage on the show. So to have someone who's canonically Latina do something so heinous as to treat two black children like shit is such a slap in the face to the character. It was definitely the performer inside. Like, I hope they got fired going back to the lighthearted special so all the christmas cheer makes elmo so happy he decides to wish for christmas every day and then somehow santa shows up right after he makes the wish and he's like no this is bad he couldn't have shown up before he did so why didn't santa just come up with rules before he gave elmo the fucking snow globe okay so here we have santa known christmas expert versus elmo stupid baby (laughs) and he's fucking arguing with santa on this like like he's arguing with literally the christmas expert this dude knows his fucking christmas he invented that shit you know with jesus i guess but (laughs) now elmo you have two options you wish it wasn't christmas every day or i feed you to some polar bears in the north pole what'll it be (laughs) like like elmo right then and there joined QAnon. definitely in vaccines than doctors oh no wait a minute this explains why he's doc hopper this is doc hopper's evil plan all along now he can start his frog legs business elmo just doesn't want to take an experimental vaccine (laughs) no (laughs) elmo no you know the more i think about it some aspects of this special do kind of mirror the 2020s thus far, so... Though I do gotta wonder, so if Christmas is every day, is this only for people who celebrate Christmas, or is everyone in the world forced to celebrate Christmas? Because what if you're Jewish, or you celebrate Kwanzaa, or... Elmo doesn't believe in political correctness and saying happy holidays! Elmo says it's Merry Christmas! Uh, (laughs) You liberal sheep! Meanwhile, Fox News is gonna start bitching about this special because they're like, uh, now they're gonna force us to say happy holidays every day. (laughs) What if we just gaslight every conservative into thinking that the phrase Merry Christmas is woke? I'm in. (laughs) Actually, when lockdown first happened, I actually made a comment that this movie is what lockdown felt like except i realize now this movie actually has everybody stay home from work and not be forced to do anything that they don't want to do at least for a while like hmm this is how much my brain has warped at this point in the past two years when maria and Luis are complaining about how they can't work anymore i'm just amazed that they didn't find some way to make working work in this economy again which 
again, says a lot about what we've been through the past two years. Yeah, I feel like some people would have protested and just been like, fuck you, we're no longer celebrating Christmas. We're working. We're going to do fun things. <laughs> yeah, you know, I realize now about this Christmas every day. Um, Why don't they just stop yeah they could just stop celebrating christmas if they want like yeah it's gonna be D- december 25th every calendar day of the year but why don't you just stop <laughs> wait so if it's christmas every day what do they do about hanukkah do they just do what they usually do and then just go about the rest of the year as they normally would while just laughing at us yeah <laughs> I feel bad for people who celebrate Kwanzaa because they'll never get to. It's like if it's, tw- it's December 25th every single day. Jeez, like, you're right. <sighs> oh, and then there's one point where it's like, you know, so temperature and dates still fluctuate. You know, we still have holidays like 4th of July. We still have spring and summer and shit. So we still have the other calendar days. It just also happens to be called Christmas again. Why don't you just st- Stop. What cosmic force is making you do this? And that poor choir that Bob and the four carrots lead. Yeah, the four carrots are in this and they don't get any like billing for it. And they have to sing every single day. I'm like, you could just stop. The special is making a good case as for why tradition should actually be abolished. Don't get me wrong. A lot of Christmas traditions are great. But like, if it's Christmas every day and it's literally putting a toll on your body, you can stop whenever you want. I I don't know. Maybe Christmas in Sesame Street is some kind of zombie disease, like the fucking Last of Us or something. Oh, God. Um, But before Elmo made that wish, it was merciful enough to only strike exactly on december 25th but then elmo wished christmas to be every day so now the christmas virus is never ending in people's brains (laughs) and it just makes them do this stuff and big birds forever waiting on the roof trying to figure out how santa gets down the chimney oh yeah and the saddest fucking part of the special is because snuffy still snuffy is just trapped in cincinnati now big bird can't see him anymore and because the post office isn't open because of the cosmic Christmas brain virus, he can't even mail his fucking letters to him. Wait, so why can't Snuffy make it a point to go down the Sesame Street for a day for Christmas then? Just escape from Cincinnati, dude. You don't have to live at your granny's. It's the zombie brain virus, dude. Like, between this and Snuffy not picking up the phone, he's kind of making it known how he really feels about Big Bird. Yeah. But going back to a more positive moment in the special, we go to the spring Christmas, and I love when Lightning says, or Miami. Miami. Hey, what are those mimes doing over there? Elmo, get away now. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So we should allude to the fact that this is also a fucking time travel special. Yeah, so they're going forward into the future to see, okay, let's see how bad Christmas every day becomes. And at first, the first one, spring Christmas, is actually pretty cool because you get Christmas eggs. I didn't know Santa's reindeer had flux capacitors in their antlers. And now you get an Easter bunny played by Harvey Firestein, everybody. This casting should not work at all. But for all intents and purposes, it's perfect. It is amazing. We get a brief glimpse of the alternate universe where Harvey Fierstein was in a we sing tape. 
<laughs> because oh, I man. was getting like little bunny foo foo vibes there. Oh, little bunny foo foo would never. I was having flashbacks. Little bunny foo foo is a quarter of the icon that Harvey Firestein Easter Bunny is. And he's singing all sorts of things that you can do with Christmas eggs. You could make a nose with it. You could smell a rose with it. You could touch your toes with it. You could even pose with it. Isn't the Easter Bunny also a cosmic force? Can't he do something about this? What if some damn wiener kid wishes it was Easter every day? (laughs) (laughs) Jesus just gets fucking crucified. No, wait. Easter was when he came back and said, fuck y'all, I'm out of here. See, this is why in the Fairly Odd Parents universe, they made it clear that all the magic automatically goes to Christmas. And when it drains, it drains all the other holidays. Meanwhile, what's this special's excuse? Elmo wishes it was the second coming of Christ every day. <laughs> Elmo wishes he could murder Christ every day. Elmo, what the fuck? Elmo, stop trying to be Pontius Pilate. One of Elmo's favorite movies is The Passion of the Christ. <laughs> <laughs> also, do Maria, Louise, and Gabby just have to follow that same routine every single day for Christmas? Like, they can't eat anything else but turkey or watch anything else but It's a Wonderful Life? Like, Oh, not only that. They don't have a choice in the It's a Wonderful Life thing because that's all that they're showing on TV. Oh my god. (laughs) They can't even show, like, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation or anything Rankin Bass. What the hell? Or anything Home Alone? No A Christmas Story, no Die Hard. No Kiss Save Santa? You just practice that guitar, Santa. Next time we'll let you do a solo. Don't encourage him. Also, Big Bird, you traveled across the country once getting away from a crazy social worker. You could easily go to Cincinnati. You fought a demon, for God's sake. Big Bird, you survived being lost in a foreign country where you didn't speak any of the language. Just go to Cincinnati. (laughs) You kept thinking everyone was saying they're from Ohio. That's the whitest thing I've ever seen anyone in Japan do. Also, speaking of rabbits, Moo Bunny. Moo Bunny. Moo Bunny is such a great toy idea. I can't believe they didn't like that. I would kill for a Moo Bunny. I want one so bad. They're so cute. And I love how the Moo Bunny actually pays off in the end. Also, it's debatable whether Santa's bad to the elves or not, because on one hand, he doesn't give them a break. On the other hand, he lets them retire with him. Yeah, like, there was a point in this when I was thinking to myself, Man, no wonder Santa went crazy. Also, I'm not saying I'm pro-Christmas every day, but if it gets rid of Independence Day, I'm not exactly complaining either. Yeah, that's not a bad thing per se, but- Oh no, what are we gonna do without people in the neighborhood shooting fucking fireworks every fucking day and making the dog go insane at 3am? Again, everybody celebrating Hanukkah is just laughing at us in this universe. Absolutely. As they should. (laughs) Or people who aren't American, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so does this only affect affect America, or does it, like, affect the rest of the world? Yeah, does everybody just get trapped in their own respective winter holidays, or is it just eternally summer in, like, Australia? Are they looking at Sesame Street and thinking, well, tonight, thank God it's them. Instead of you. (laughs) Literally what I was thinking. Oh, my God. Thanks, Bono. So this is where the special gets 
surprisingly depressing because as we mentioned earlier, Elmo inadvertently destroys the fucking economy <laughs> because you find out that stores are closing on Sesame Street, including the fix-it shop. So at this point, everybody on Sesame Street should be homeless. Yeah. Elmo basically gave the 2008 recession a 12-year head start. I gotta say, though, I love Sonia Manzano's performance when she was just going absolutely crazy. Like, she just fucking She snaps, snaps. it. It's beautiful. They bring us stuff to fix, and we fix it. We worked. But Maria, Christmas, Christmas is fun. I'm sick of having fun, Elmo. I want to fix toasters. I'm going to fix one right now. That's a waffle iron. I know that. This supports the zombie virus theory, because if, if, if it was just pure free will, she could say, you know what? I want to fix toasters and just reopen the shop and start doing it again. But no, she's going through mental anguish because her brain refuses to let her fix toasters for some reason. Also, Big Bird's song was so depressing that he was leaving on the voicemail for Snuffy. It's like, oh, baby. It was so sad, but at the same time... There's no way that voicemail would have picked up that whole song. It would have gone to a <laughs> dial tone the second it started. Once again, Big Bird needs therapy. Let's send this six-year-old child to therapy already. <laughs> I've, yeah, I'm starting to realize um, just what a codependent relationship uh, Big Bird and Snuffy have. <laughs> also, did anybody else get kind of creeped out by that one plushie he had? It looked like a deformed Winnie the Pooh. Like the one Wait, that which, was one, the which one was that? It was like the one that was all yellow and had a red shirt. It was Oh, I didn't say it. Yeah. I was yeah. Man, they just keep taking pot shots at Disney in this one, huh? Also, when they cut to the Christmas that's way into the future, I'm like, these people had to sing the entire year? Dang. Yeah, so they didn't get any breaks. They just kept singing the whole damn year. Like, they wouldn't even have voices by that point. They would just be like, we're dead. It, it turns out that's just what Christmas 2008 looked like anyway. Yeah. Uh, everybody was cheering for Obama, but also saying, oh, we can't afford anything now. Thanks, Bush. This is Obama's fault, even though he's not even president somehow, Fox News. So it's clear at this point that Elmo has destroyed so many lives. I was expecting to see bodies on Sesame Street. That's how bad it was. <laughs> Everybody's sick. Everybody's are like hospitals closed. How bad did this get? If hospitals aren't closed, they are severely understaffed. Yeah. <laughs> you just see a drunken homeless version of the count, like just raving about how many days of Christmas he's counting. Yeah. And he legit gets sick of counting in this. Like he says, Ah, yes, December 25th, once the official Christmas day. This year, just Christmas number 365, and I am tired of counting them! Oh, also, um, pine trees are an endangered species now? Yeah. <laughs> Elmo has decimated the local flora population, so, um, Sesame Street is also probably filled to the fucking brim with CO2. Or just the world as a whole. Elmo just sped up climate change. Also, why not use fake trees? Like, why would anybody use real trees? With the payoff to the Christmas tree sign gag, I was really expecting and low-key hoping 
that the blue guy would take the sign and just bludgeon Grover with it. <laughs> so this is actually the most dystopian Sesame Street thing I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely. Yeah, why is this so dystopian? Man, can't wait to finally see Sesame Farm. Although Grover's Jewish, why is he selling Christmas trees? He's gotta make money somehow, I guess. Huzzah. Same with Baby Bear. Eh, oh well. So Elmo realizes he has to do the right thing and wish for Christmas to stop. So, for some reason, he thinks it's a good idea to make everybody come out so he can make this wish. Oh, Oh yeah, he rats himself out. He's like, guys, guys! I'm the source of literally this entire international global crisis! Cut to Elmo being beaten to death by an angry mob. (laughs) I was expecting everybody to just jump his ass right there. (laughs) Oh, also, why is he making the wish now? Like, yeah, it's only been like 30 minutes for him, but it's been a whole year for everybody. Why wouldn't he just go back? Because this reindeer can clearly time travel. Why does he just go back and make the wish there and not tell anybody that he pretty much caused the fucking apocalypse. Yeah, Elmo really hesitated on this because he sees Big Bird in despair, like, in the beginning of the year, and he's still like, eh, I still want Christmas. Uh, Elmo (laughs) is a sociopath. He really fucking is. You're a terrible friend to Big Bird. (laughs) Jesus Christ. You know what? Elmo and Zoe are both toxic. <laughs> Although I did love how excited Oscar was getting over how miserable everybody was. It's like, damn, Oscar, you love people being homeless and broke? Jeez. Dystopia for Oscar is utopia, basically. <laughs> Man, he really isn't that far off from Ronald Grump, is he? This is Ronald Grump's America. And then when Elmo throws the snow globe by accident when making the wish, I was just like, no, Elmo, you're supposed to say rosebud before you do. <laughs> a side note, a snow globe would be the worst thing to make a wish on because it can break that easily. Come on. Well, I mean, Elmo didn't even just like accidentally drop it. It fucking flew. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I guess the gloves were slippery or something. They don't really... I mean, they they needed conflict, let's be real. I think he sabotaged it on purpose when he realized (laughs) that he could take advantage of the economic and social desperation of this entire planet and use it for his own personal gain. Hmm, (laughs) wonder who that could be. (laughs) No clue. And then they Superman 2 and basically fix everything by turning back time. That was a cop-out. Let's be real. Yeah, just done that the whole time! Yeah, I was like- Why'd you make them suffer? Just do a what-if scenario instead of making everybody suffer. Damn. (laughs) That's what I thought this was gonna be, was like, it's a wonderful life, but no. These people actually suffered under the tyrannical rule of Elmo. We need to make Christmas great again! And then by the end, somehow the Moo Bunny exists in the good timeline, but I'm not complaining. Yeah, so how does Santa remember everything that's happened, despite the fact that it hasn't happened in this universe? Uh, a wizard did it. Like, the next morning, I can tell you Elmo's gonna wake up to an angry mob and he's not gonna know why. (laughs) For some reason, everyone on Sesame Street's gonna wake up and and think, Man, I don't know why, but I feel like kicking Elmo's ass today. (laughs) Elmo's gonna get fucking guillotined. No, wait. Mumford the Magician did it. Yeah, oh yeah, he's the Doctor Strange of this universe. Why not? Sesame Street is going to turn into Les Miserables. Oh my god, since Sesame Street is technically in New York, they're all gonna go kick Eric Adams' ass. (laughs) (laughs) Deservedly. Yes. 
You know what? Rudy Giuliani was mayor of New York City during this. We could blame him on this. Yay! We could blame this all on him. <laughs> yeah, we can and we will. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so going back and the ending is just endlessly sweet. Although, oh, yes. when Snuffy shows up and admits that he was in Sesame Street the whole time because his granny came to visit Sesame Street instead, I was just half expecting Big Bird to just stare for a good minute and just be like, you left me for a whole year but you were here the whole time oh that is some bullshit there is no way that snuffy wouldn't have run into big bird at some point unless he was actively avoiding him again tell us how you really feel snuffy why is everyone on sesame street such a dick in this or maybe his family was just forcing him to spend the whole day with them and he was just like mom can i go already also goes without saying but God damn, I love Keep Christmas With You. It's such a great song. Yeah, just after losing Bob and Emilio Delgado, it's just, it just hits so much different, you know? Absolutely. And seeing everybody come together to sing, it it makes the message really hit home. And that's one of the best things. Do we need to, like, rate this anything other than a Keep the Tapes? Absolutely. Big ol' Keep the Tapes for me. Keep the Tapes, burn Elmo yeah. at the stake. <laughs> <laughs> You love to see it. But yeah, this special hits all the right notes and say what you will about Elmo, but it's just such a it's, it's just such a cute special. Sur- surprisingly depressing, but still has so many great moments. It's the only way we'll ever get to see what Sesame Street would look like as a canonical dystopia. <laughs> Which I would love to see more Mad Max Sesame Street. Give Oscar an adult cartoon. Let us see a dystopian future Sesame Street. That's all I want. Have it be like the second SpongeBob movie where they just magically turn dystopian. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Big Bird and Mad Max gear. (laughs) Bert and Ernie are just riding a giant feral pigeon. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So thank you so much for joining us, everybody, for this wild year it's been a long one but we've had a lot of fun doing so much this year and we're really excited for what 2023 is gonna bring yeah y'all are y'all are the best fan base we have i we love y'all so much thank you so much for what whether it be just sharing an episode listening to five minutes of an episode just just thank you y'all are the best we love you we do It means the world to us, and we're so grateful to have gone on this amazing journey, and we are really excited to show you what we have in store for next year, and we hope everybody has a happy holiday, a happy winter, and a happy 2023. Stay safe, and fuck Musk. Yep, kick Elon Musk in the nads. All right, so you can find me on the usual spots, TylerFG on Twitter, TylerFG96 on Instagram. You can find the show on channel underscore KRT on Twitter, channel KRT podcast, all one word on Instagram. We also have our Discord server and our Facebook group, which you can find on the link tree in our Twitter bio. And if you want to help support us, we have two options. You can check us out on Patreon, where we have exclusive minisodes, outtakes, and episodes of this very podcast at its earliest convenience be it a work-in-progress version or a finished version, or if you want to buy individual minisodes or outtakes or just want to donate to the show, you can also check us out on Ko-Fi. And of course, thank you so much to our pals Gomer, Chris Reyna, and Tony Goldmark for pledging to us at the $10 level, and a huge thank you to our executive producer, Mike. 
Huzzah! You can find me on Mission Breakout on Twitter and Discord, assuming Twitter's still alive when this episode's up. Uh, you can find me on A Walking Pun on Instagram. And you can find me buying a coat rack for a Christmas tree. You can find me on Cosmic Rewind, replace the E with the 3, on Twitter and on YouTube. And uh, right now, I have been conscripted into Emperor Elmo's army to fight in the Great War against uh, Chancellor... Michelle Tanner's empire. So uh, I'll, I'll I'll see you if I don't die. <laughs> she teamed up with Rocco. <laughs> I knew it. Damn it! <laughs> How'd you All know right. Rocco was her vice president? <gasps> Channel KRT, keep Christmas with you. Yeah.